reading from uh, the gospel, from the gospel of Mark. So that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey Him. And then these words from uh, the first epistle of John. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the interesting things you notice about Jesus' teaching ministry is that He was always asking questions of the people who came to Him. People would come up to Him and would want to ask Him a question about something, and then He would throw it right back. And He'd say, well, I have a question for you. What do you think? And in this way, Jesus got people to think for themselves about the deep issues of life. In the gospel accounts, uh, there are recorded over 150 questions that Jesus asked, and the qu questions that is still asking you and me today. So, for the next 150 weeks, <laughs> the sermon series will end in the year 2023. Nope, just kidding. But this morning, we find Jesus asking the disciples a question that seems at first glance to be really foolish, I mean really stupid. <laughs> Jesus and the twelve disciples are crammed in a little boat uh, in uh, the middle of the Sea of Galilee, being blown about by a furious storm. Now, storms are quite frequent, actually, on the Sea of Galilee. The, the, the sea, which is actually a lake, uh, is 720 feet below sea level. 30 miles to the north is Mount Hermon, 9,200 feet high. And so there's a 10,000-foot difference. And so what you have then is all the cold air coming down from the mountain and then the warm air coming up from the Sea of Galilee, and that clash makes for frequent squalls and uh, storms, if you will. Of course, anyone who was a fisherman in those parts were well aware of the weather around the Sea of Galilee and uh, the experienced disciples among the, uh, you know, uh, in the group, uh, certainly the fishermen would have known all about this. But still, this storm must have been such that it, uh, it had to be uh, extremely furious, uh, 
because they thought they were going to drown. They thought they were going to die. So here are the disciples in their little boat, and the waves are crashing over them, and the water's coming in over the sides, and they think that they're going to drown. They can't bail out the water fast enough. And then, of all things, Jesus is sleeping peacefully on a cushion in the stern. So in their panic, the disciples wake him up, and he says quite calmly, why are you so afraid? What a silly question. <laughs> what do you mean, why are you so afraid? Who wouldn't be afraid in these kinds of circumstances? Don't you see what's going on, Lord? Come on, Jesus. Don't you know what's happening? Don't you see we're about to drown? Don't you care? And you and I wonder the same things when we feel tossed about in the storms of life, do we not? Don't you care about me, Lord? Are you sleeping? You know, our fears can so easily get the best of us. Think of all the fears that threaten us, sending a chill up our spine. So there is the, the fear of accidents. I mean, just getting in your car, you're putting your life in jeopardy. All of life can seem to be an accident waiting to happen. There's the fear of illness, the fear of death. There's a fear of financial reversal. There's a fear of outliving our money in old age. There's the fear of failure, the fear of rejection. There is our fear for others. We worry about those we love. I mean, you can go on and on and on, right? And add to these things the generalized fear that pervades our culture. The unspeakably horrific mass shootings of a week ago certainly ratches up everybody's anxiety level. And it's sad when one cannot go to Walmart to buy uh, school supplies or enjoy a night out on the town without thinking that there might be some crazy evil person out there with a gun who just might kill you and everyone around you. And it's pretty bad when parents feel they have to buy bulletproof backpacks to send with their kids to school. Actually, you can't hardly even go to church without thinking about that from time to time. We have a culture of fear. Now, uh, with regard to the mass shootings, politicians, of course, have been quick to seize on political solutions to the problem. But maybe at bottom, the solution is ultimately spiritual and not political. Now, I don't generally go to Oprah Winfrey for spiritual guidance. You don't hear me quoting her very often. But something she said resonated with me because in response to the shooting at El Paso, she said uh, when she was being interviewed, what people are missing is a core moral center. Churches used to do that. It was a central place you could come to, and there was a core center of values about a way of living and being in the world. Until we can return to that, however that is, whatever form, we will continue to be lost. 
The loosening of Christianity upon our culture has produced a culture without a moral compass. There is an overarching, there, that is, there is no overarching shared story that gives life meaning and purpose that holds the culture together. People are left on their own to discover their own truth and their own path, and people are more confused and more lost than ever. Think of a young person just starting out in life, receiving precious little moral or spiritual guidance from their elders, trying to figure out what life is all about, and being confused. It's concerning that the overall suicide rate in the U.S. is at the highest level since World War II, and the incidence of suicide among young people is alarming. Why is that? They have no frame of reference in which to live, in which to find meaning and purpose. They're on their own. It's a jungle out there. So the fact is, Americans are more fearful than ever. And it doesn't help when fear is whipped up by the media and all the political posturing uh, that goes on on all sides, right? Clearly, life is not a continuous picnic at the beach. Life can be a very scary proposition. We live in stormy times. So that if anyone really wants to know why we are afraid, we have no problem citing good reasons. So the question of Jesus does sound a bit foolish, does it not? Why are you so afraid? Well, shouldn't we be? <laughs> Fear can be so debilitating. Fear can so dominate our lives as to leave us absolutely paralyzed. Fear of the future can spoil our living in the present. Fear of failure can keep us from running the risks that we need to take in order to better ourselves. Fear for others keeps us locked up in the prison house of worry. And fear can often bring to pass the very thing that is feared. So that the person who is constantly fearing for his health, the one who gets up every morning and, and checks his pulse and sticks out his tongue in the mirror, that's the person who is most likely to be sick. Fear tends to create the things it fears. And it can leave us with precious little peace in life. Fear often leads to panic. And in our panic, we can do all sorts of stupid things. Well, in the middle of the storm, the disciples finally managed to get Jesus up. <laughs> and Jesus then proceeded to rebuke the wind and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. And you know, the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And the Greek indicates that this was a mega calm. This was a dead calm. The water became as smooth as glass, all in an instant. And the disciples were utterly amazed. I mean, they had seen Jesus do some pretty amazing things in the time that they had been with Him. But this one really took the cake. He even exercises power over nature itself. They realized in that moment that this power was none other than the power of God Himself. 
Now, Tim Keller, uh, in his book on the Gospel of Mark, comments, he says, if there's one thing all the ancient cultures believed together, if there was one consensus point amongst all ancient cultures, it was that the sea was uncontrollable to any power but God. The sea was the ultimate symbol in ancient cultures and legends and in literature of uncontrollable destruction. The ocean in full fury was uncontrollable, inexorable power, and only God could control the sea. It's across all the cultures so that Jesus is exercising the power that only God has. Jesus calmed the sea, and they were all amazed. Who is this? And Mark who throughout his gospel is concerned to reveal the true identity of Jesus, leaves no doubt that Jesus is none other than God Himself. And it is God who can bring peace to our troubled souls in the middle of the storm if we will but put our trust in Him. Jesus asked the disciples and you and me, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? That's the antidote to fear, faith, a spirit of trust in the Lord's incredible saving power and His loving provision. The disciples' fear was rooted in the fact that though Jesus was in the boat, they still didn't trust Him enough to see them through the storm. Their faith was weak. Faith is the antidote to fear, faith in His power faith in His ability to provide for us. Our Lord may not always use His power to still the stormy weather, the circumstances of our lives, but He can certainly still our fears and bring peace and calm to our troubled spirits. I like the story of the old man who was living in a run-down tenement building in a big city and the neighborhood was just miserable. I mean, gangs roamed the streets. There was graffiti on the walls. The gangs would destroy mailboxes. They would terrorize the elder uh, citizens when, they tried, when the, they tried to go to the store. And behind this old man's tenement, there was a wrecking ball crashing into a nearby building, and a jackhammer, you know, was, was constantly breaking the peace. And a, and a reporter looking at conditions of this neighborhood asked this old man, how can you stand to live here? And the old man nodded to a small crucifix on the wall. He creates a little circle of quiet. Hadn't you noticed? When you and I are in the danger of drowning in a sea of troubles, he can create a little circle of quiet in the midst of it all and bring us safely to shore because He is, after all, Lord of life, Lord of the storm, and He is in the boat with us no matter what we face. And the question is, do we really believe that? Do we believe that He's in the boat with us? Do we believe His promise, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age? The storms of life will break in upon us, but we have the sure promise that our Lord will not abandon us. I like the, 
<laughs> like the story of the, of the little boy uh, who was going to bed in the midst of a terrible thunderstorm outside. Uh, this, this little boy was just terrified of the storm. And his mom came into his room and tucked him into bed and said, it's going to be all right, you know, son, you know. Um, you'll be okay. Tucked him in, and then she turned and went to the door uh, to turn out the light. And uh, the little boy, kind of muttering under his breath, kind of in a trembling voice, said, Mommy, will you stay with me tonight? Will you sleep here in my room tonight? And his mom said, No, dear, you know, I've got to go and, and sleep with Daddy in Daddy's room. And uh, then the mom again went to the door. And a little voice, a shaky voice, the boy said, the big sissy. <laughs> the big sissy. What a big difference in our fear to know that someone is always with us who loves us as a parent loves a child. Jesus Christ. So if the antidote to fear is faith, we can also say in the same breath that the antidote to fear is also love. For we place our faith in a God who loves us. In our New Testament lesson from the Epistle of John, we read that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Because God loves every one of us, we don't have to be afraid of judgment on the last day or what the future will bring. We don't have to panic when the storms of life come. The love of God in Christ for you and for me casts out all fear. We know that He loves us perfectly. After all, He created us and He redeemed us. God loves us, and what God loves, God will not let go. God sent His own Son to die for us. So why then are we so afraid? Don't we know how precious we are to Him? Is He going to allow us to perish? Don't we know that He's sitting in the boat with us, no matter how furious the storm, no matter how big the waves? It's His presence in the midst of the storm that makes all the difference. The story is told of a little girl whose father was an airline pilot, and uh, she was on the plane uh, with her dad, and as they crossed the Atlantic, there was a big storm outside, and there was lightning, and there was a lot of turbulence, and the flight attendant awakened the little girl and told her to fasten her seatbelt because there was going to be some, some turbulent weather and the little girl opened her eyes and saw the lightning flash outside and asked, is Daddy at the controls? And the flight attendant replied, yes, your father's in the cockpit. And that little girl just smiled, closed her eyes, and went back to sleep. You see, Jesus could sleep peacefully in a storm because he had perfect trust in his loving Father whom he knew to be in control. You know, we Presbyterians love to, to lift up the, the truth that God is sovereign and God is in control. And that is good, good news 
when our world seems so chaotic and so crazy, God is working His purposes out. The world ultimately is in His control, and He is in control of our lives. May God grant us such knowledge and peace so that we may be free of the paralyzing effects of fear because that's no way to live. That's just no way to live. Now, I want to offer you just a little practical advice. This is so basic, but still, this is important. When you are afraid, go to Scripture and remind yourself of God's promises. There are lots of verses and passages that speak directly to our fear. We've read a couple of them just now. If you don't know where to look, where to find those passages that speak directly to our fears, go online and, you know, Bible verses on fear. Or you'll find a topical Bible reference in our church library. You may find uh, a topical reference in the back of your Bible. But it's good to have those verses at the ready. Maybe place them on a bookmark so that when you are afraid, when fearful things happen, God can speak to your fear. I've, I find the Psalms are particularly helpful in getting through the stormy patches of life. So we can ponder such verses as Psalm 34, verses 4 through 5. Where the psalmist says, I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. Or the famous Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. And I close with one of my favorites, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When you are afraid, hold fast to the Word of God. In the words of the old hymn, lean on the everlasting arms, safe and secure from all alarms. Rest in His care and know His peace, and He will never let you go. So may it be. Amen.